passenger on it. In thirty years, he'd watched all kinds of people in that mirror. The pretty girls and the broken men, the drunks and the crazies, the heavy-breasted women with red-wrinkled babies. The driver could spot trouble a mile away. He could tell who was fine and who was running. The driver looked at the boy. The boy looked like a runner. Skin peeled from his nose, but beneath the tan he carried the sallow kind of pale that came from sleeplessness or malnutrition, or both. His cheekbones made sharp blades beneath skin stretched tight. He was young and small, ten maybe, with wild hair that rose black on his head. The cut was jagged and uneven, like something he'd done himself. Frayed cloth hung from the collar of his shirt and from the knees of his jeans. The shoes were just about worn through. On his lap he clutched a blue backpack, and whatever it held, there wasn't much of it. He was a good-looking kid, but what struck the driver most were the boy's eyes. Large and dark, they moved constantly, as if the boy was overly aware of the people around him the hot press of humanity typical of a broken-down bus on a sun-blasted morning in the North Carolina sandhills. A half-dozen itinerant workers, a few busted-up brawlers that looked ex-military, a family or two, some old folks, a couple of tattooed punks that huddled in the back. The boy's eyes most often found the man across the aisle, a slick-haired sales type, in a wrinkled suit and sprung loafers. There was also a black man with a creased Bible and a soda bottle tucked between his legs. He seemed to catch the kid's eye, too. In the seat behind the boy sat an old lady in a parchment dress. When she leaned forward to ask a question, the boy shook his head in a small way and answered with care. No, ma'am. His words rose like smoke and the lady settled back, blue-veined fingers on the chain that held her spectacles. She looked through the window and her lenses flashed, then went dark as the road sliced into a stand of pine with shadows that pooled green beneath the limbs. The same light filled the bus, and the driver studied the man in the wrinkled suit. He had pale skin and a hangover sweat, unusually small eyes, and an edginess that scraped the driver's nerves. Every minute or two, the man shifted in his seat. He crossed his legs and uncrossed them, leaned forward, then back. His fingers drummed one knee of the ill-fitting suit, and he swallowed often as his gaze drifted to the boy, then flicked away, drifted again, and lingered. The driver was a jaded man, but he ran things clean on his bus, He refused to tolerate drunkenness or debauchery or loud voices. His mama raised him that way fifty years ago, and he'd found no reason to change. So he kept an eye on the boy, and on the drawn, shiny man with eager eyes. He watched him watch the boy, saw him push back against the greasy seat when the knife came out. The boy was casual about it. He pulled it from a pocket and folded the blade out with a single thumb. He held it for a moment, visible, then took an apple from his bag and sliced it in a sharp, clean motion. The smell of it rose above the travel-stained seats and the dirt-smeared floors.
Even above the diesel stink, the driver caught the sharp, sweet tang of it. The boy looked once at the man's wide eyes and slick, washed-out face, then folded the knife and put it back in his pocket. The driver relaxed and watched the road, uninterrupted for a few long minutes. He thought that the boy seemed familiar, but the feeling passed. Thirty years. He settled his heavy frame deeper into the seat. He'd seen so many boys, so many runners. Every time the driver looked at him, the boy felt it. It was a gift he had, a skill. Even with the dark shades on the driver's eyes and the big curve in the face of the mirror, the boy could tell. This was his third try.